calling all my footy fans from all around the globe. Straight out of NYC, this is The Line Breaker. Hey, what's up? It's Pano. Welcome to The Line Breaker. I have my boy, Dimitri, a.k.a. Juicy, here with us. I introduced Juicy myself. Um... I'm going to do the bulk of the talking here because I already know in this casual footy episode, Dimitri's got a lot of talking to do. So I'm saving I'm saving the talking for him. Right now, he's showing me off a little bit of some dance moves right now. He's showing me his skills. But uh, Dimitri, how, uh, how are we feeling on this Thursday evening? We're feeling great. We're feeling great. Have a lot to say about a lot of important uh, things that we're going to go over. Hey, that that's why I introduced you myself. I was like, you know what? I, I just hit myself in the face with a microphone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I have a I don't have as much to say about this topic um, as Dimitri does, but we're gonna do this completely off the cuff in regards to how the rest of this podcast episode is gonna go. We have an overarching theme of what we're going to talk about, and then we're just going to see where the conversation takes us. Dimitri feels very passionate about this topic. What what, what did you want to talk about today, Dimitri? I wanted to talk about the recent Ballon d'Or Award um, ceremony where my boy, Leo Messi, won his eighth golden ball. And... um. All you Holland lovers and Ronaldo crybabies, you know it's tough, but that's reality. And you know that's the way things go. If you don't, if you don't perform in big games, you don't show up. Why do you deserve the big award? I think actually that that um that Messi winning, and and Holland finishing in second. I feel like Dimitri of all people, um he'll throw all the facts as to why Messi deserved it, and especially why Holland didn't deserve it, because you know, me, uh, not Messi, but Dimitri. <laughs> Uh, although you know, sometimes we used to play like Messi when we were younger. Uh, False. He was. You're a little bit quicker back then. Um, Dimitri is. You know, he's he's a Holland hater, as we know. <laughs> so, so he's gonna give us great reasons as to why he's gonna. He's definitely gonna convince us. But um, what? I mean, first and foremost, what I just wanted to make clear is, it's obvious. You could agree with this, right? That that this Ballon d'Or ceremony, partic- in particular has been very controversial, right? Or the award, like it going to Messi. I feel like we've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter, people saying Holland was robbed and vice versa. Um, where, where are you at on this? Uh, I think it's the first time in a while that it's been very controversial in the sense that, you know, it wasn't like a clear, clear winner and that, you know, you could make the case for two guys. Although I, I think Messi deservedly won the Ballon d'Or, but... I think that Holland was a close second, but I have many reasons as to why he didn't win and why the right decision was made. And I, I want us to get into that for sure. Um, but right now, actually, just what I'm going to do, just so that you know we're we're clear on on where we're at with this with this award, is um, just going over one, two, and three. Um, I guess I could do four and five too. That could kind of give you a good theme, but um, first place obviously in Ballon d'Or standings was Leo Messi. Second place was Erling Braut Holland. Third was Kylian Mbappe. 
or as um as one of the the dads of a girl who I train, he calls him Mabape. That's uh that's American, you know, dads for you. Yeah, Mabape. Um and um and yeah, uh fourth was KDB, Kevin De Bruyne, and fifth was uh Rodri. I mean, that that's that's a class top 5 there, you got to say. That is that is a solid top 5. Um now, I don't it seems that that the actual numbers, the scores have not been released yet in regards to to what the points were, but you got to think it, it was a close one. Do you have the I don't see the points here, so it seems maybe they haven't released that yet. I could see it being closer than in other years, um, but again, it was—I think it was between like a two-horse race between Holland and Messi. But you know, Mbappe does deserve that third place. Um, don't see anything wrong with that, but yeah, overall, I think it was a two-horse race for this year's Ballon d'Or. And hey, some people think that this—that this was. Erling Hollands to lose. A lot of people think that. A lot of people believe that. I know you are not in that camp. So, look, I don't necessarily have a, a horse in this race. I can see why people feel like Holland should have won it. And I think that with trophies and stats and everything, there's a very good case to be made for why Holland should have won this. Um, but at, at the other on the other side, I can also see why Messi deserved it. So this is what I'm going to do. All right. I'm giving the floor to you. You convince me. Why are Ronaldo haters, or not not haters, why are, why are Messi haters and Ronaldo fanboys who are basically the same thing, right? And, um, and, you know, Holland fans, why are they wrong? Why did Messi deserve to win this Ballon d'Or? Well, first I'm going to just, you know, acknowledge Holland's achievements and then where he fell short. This is like one of the reasons or a couple of reasons as to why he didn't win it, in my opinion. So, yeah, he scored the most goals in the in the Premier League, broke the record. He, he scored the most goals in last year's Champions League as well. And, you know, had some goals FA Cup. He didn't he didn't have any goal contributions in any semifinal or uh, final Champions League FA Cup. Um he wasn't even at the World Cup. Norway didn't qualify. So that was the biggest tournament of the year. Although you can't necessarily blame that on him. You're right. You're right. But yeah, he doesn't. He didn't show up for the big games. You know? I know. That's, that's definitely a classic line of yours. Yes. He was, he was, tall, he was tallying up on the um, bottom teams in the Prem. Two tap-ins and a header from outside the six. And then, uh, you know, he might have one shot from the penalty spot but uh other than that yeah he didn't show up in the big games they had a great team and they won these team um they won the team awards the treble you know it just wasn't him single-handedly carrying them in those tournaments especially in the semifinals finals where he was missing and if you don't if you want to be a great player you got to show up in these great games and great uh scenarios yes but you also can't argue the fact that, look, when Manchester City was bought by um, by Abu Dhabi in 2008, you would imagine that the ultimate goal, once they won the Premier League in 2012, the ultimate goal for the last o- over a decade now um, by Abu Dhabi 
was to win the Champions League. You know, that is that is the ultimate goal. That is the greatest club prize that you can win in club football. So, I mean, I you can't you can't say it's a coincidence at the moment that they find arguably the most prolific goal scorer of this new generation of players, not not old generation, this new generation of players, one of, no, not one of, the best young goal scorer in the world. You can't, it's tough to argue that it's just a coincidence that, that the year they buy him is the year that they win the treble and they finally go to the promised land and win the Champions League. So, I mean, you can't say that's a coincidence, it's not a coincidence, but it's it's a it's a team award. You need a great team, and you're not going to have that one or two guys that are going to carry you there. But he made the difference, obviously. You know, con- uh, taking up space and freeing up space for other players. But you know, if you want to be the greatest and you want to be up there with the top players, you need to show up. I feel like if uh, Messi and Ronaldo didn't show up at the heights of their career um, in the twenty teens, we would have been ripping them to pieces if they. They can score in big games, come up big when their teams needed them. I feel like you can name so many Ronaldo late goals, headers, bicycle kicks. Same thing with Messi. He was always, he was always there when Barca needed him. And, you know, these players were there during the big moments. I mean, yes, 100% agree. And and also, I think, I think you mentioning Messi and Ronaldo is a good point because we also hold these guys to an insanely high standard. I mean, let's just look at Ballon d'Or winners, basically, for the last 15 years, more, 20 years, okay? So if we want to go back to 2023, okay, you have Paul, Pavel Nedved, uh, Nedved in 2003, Shevchenko in 2004, Ronaldinho in 2005, Cannavaro in 2006, and Kaká in 2007. 2007 is basically the last time. Although, if you actually look in 2007, Ronaldo finished second and Messi finished third. That's basically the beginning of, you know, the the reign of Messi and Ronaldo. And from that moment forward, it was basically a monopoly. Ronaldo in 08, Messi in 09, Messi in 10, Messi in 11, Messi in 12, Ronaldo in 13, Ronaldo in 14. Messi in 15, Ronaldo in 16, Ronaldo in 17. Then we have Luka Modric finishing first in 2018, followed by Ronaldo and Griezmann. Messi in 19. Um, no award given in 2020, although I think it's it's unanimous, unanimously agreed that Lewandowski would have won the Ballon d'Or in 2020. Um, Messi in 21, Benzema in 22. So... The, the theme is is a monopoly, or I'm sorry, not a monopoly, a duopoly um, by Messi and Ronaldo. And I think we were talking about this a little bit off, off the mic before about how Messi and Ronaldo's level, as much as, you know, obviously it's a good thing and we, we put them on the pedestal. If anything, we put them in a godly status that they deserve. It also kind of hinders them. And I, I kind of want you to talk a, a little bit about how, how you see why sometimes because Messi and, Messi and Ronaldo are so good and have been so good for so long, it also has kind of held them back because we just look at them differently. Yeah, it's definitely held them back at times because we, we hold them to such a, a high bar, which we probably have never held another player to. It seems like if you see any of their teams play in a game and you don't see them on a score sheet, 
without watching the match, you, you automatically assume that they had a bad game or they didn't play up to par. Meanwhile, it could be totally different that, you know, they influenced the game, they made space for the other player to score or they contributed to that goal. Um, they, these guys can change the game a million different ways. Like, they were that, that good. Uh, sheer dominance, you know, Messi with the baggy shirt era, Ronaldo with his noodle hair, ridiculous eras. But overall, these most of their career for as, you know, over a decade, these guys were top two every year head to head. And that's that's another thing that you got to tip your hat, that these guys were able to be the, the top two of the sport for such a long period of time. Now, I, I want to zero in because I, I definitely I had a point that I wanted to make with this and, and I kind of I wanted to guide you there. Um, but I want to zero in on. A couple of the years where where neither of them did win it and I, i'm gonna go with the first one you know the obvious one that pops pops out to us um you know in their in their decade and a half long of dominance that's 2018 so i think that 2018 is a really good way for you to kind of prove messi's case for why he won it this year so talk to me about what happened in 2018 for those of you that don't know 2018 was also a world cup year and in that world cup uh, France beat Croatia. Now, the player of the tournament that year was Luka Modric, although he did come runner-up to France. And he also had a good year with Real Madrid. He won the Champions League with his fellow mate, Ronaldo. And, you know, looking statistically at the top three that year in the Ballon d'Or race, Modric, Ronaldo, and Messi, statistically, he, he lacked behind... In goals, by far, which was pretty obvious, and assists. How about you tell me, how many goal involvements did Messi have that year? Um, according to ESPN, Messi had 67 goals that year and 34 assists, all comps. For 2018? Uh, I think 17-18 season. Yeah, which is and, what, what they would have voted on, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then it included the World Cup. Because they didn't have a weird World Cup schedule. Ah, over the okay, summer. okay, I see. Because I thought that number sounded high, but now that makes sense. So with internationals included, but I want to say that without internationals included, he scored forty-five goals. I believe it was forty-five, unless I'm mistaken. Um, we'll go with sixty-seven. Regardless, that's a lot of goals, right? You said in how many appearances? I don't have the appearances off the top of my head. Um, just have the stats. <laughs> I mean, you can't. Uh, I I mean I could tell you this average goals was point eight zero seven, so he scored in every he scored four goals in every five games. Yeah, that okay. So obviously insane. And then he had he had thirty four assists. You said correct? Yeah, almost almost an assist every two games. So he had at least a goal or an assist. Either one in every single game that season. Yeah, if you combine the two, it comes out to like 1.2. So you had a goal contribution a game more. So that that is, you know, insane levels. Now, how about, you know, just just because why not, right? Let's. What did Ronaldo do? Oh, sorry, do that? I do have games. 80, 83. Messi had 83. 83. That's, that's a lot of goals and assists. So over 100 goal contributions yes. in 83 games. Yes, and three, three trophies won that year. He won the Copa del Rey, La Liga, and he might he I think he won the Spanish Super Cup at the beginning of the year. Okay. So um, La Liga. Yeah. A double. 
Yeah. Now, Ronaldo, on the other hand, how did Ronaldo do that year in 2018? Ronaldo, 75 games, 65 goals, 17 assists, and the Champions League. So he had a better goal ratio than Messi that year, uh, 0.86. So he was really, really close to a goal a game and then about an ass- almost an assist every four games. And, and again, we're talking about basically a goal involvement almost every game or just about every game. More. More. Yeah. Um, and he won the Champions League. So he statistically outperformed Luka Modric, right? Goals and assists. Of yeah. course, they play different positions. Yes, I understand that. I know I know the position that Modric is. I love Luka Modric. But if you look at the fact that he won a Champions League and he won Player of the World Cup and he finished second in the World Cup, if, if you really want to look at it in a certain way, just based on like individual performance, he only won one trophy. I mean... They're, they're essentially rewarding him for having a good World Cup and finishing second in the World Cup. That That's basically it because he's won the Champions League, what, five times now? Five? Something like that, yeah. Four or five times. So it's not like this particular year was anything special. He's essentially getting it off of his World Cup exploits. Is that fair to say? Yeah, but it was it was a magical run. I'll give him, I'll give him that. Nobody expected Croatia to go that deep. Of course, but that that's the key thing there, right? Nobody expected Croatia to go that deep. Just like nobody expects, or I'm sorry, just like on the other side, everybody expects Ronaldo and Messi to perform at the highest level to score 60-something goals a game, to get over 100 goal involvements in a season or something like that, or almost 100 goal involvements for Ronaldo, um, to basically be getting a goal and assist every game. So if you really want to look at it, like Messi was a little unlucky that year. He was. Just so we could compare the stats, Modric, Modric's year looked like 81 games, 4 goals, 13 assists that season. And and at the same time, okay, Messi didn't exactly, you know, light the world on fire at that World Cup, but they made the knockout rounds. They definitely made the knockout rounds. They they did. I think I, they played France in that firecracker game, 4-3. It was 4-3. I think Mbappe scored twice that game. Uh, I think it started off with a Di Maria screamer. And then Pavard. That's the Pavard screamer yes. also. <laughs> yeah, that was a firecracker of a game. It was like 4-2. Argentina scores late, 4-3. And then they miss one very late in the game. Portugal and, also wound up losing in, in the round of 16 as well to, to Uruguay. Uruguay. Um, Great Cavani header that year. Yeah, oh, that's like the flying one, right? The one yeah. where he was—he went like airborne for a while, like Ronaldo style almost. Um, so yes, okay, so maybe they didn't perform well in the World Cup, but Messi won La Liga. He had an insane season, still like one of his one of his better seasons. It was definitely one of his better ones. And Ronaldo, same thing. And Ronaldo won a Champions League. So it's it's tough for me to look at that and be like, oh well, of course Luka Modric 100% deserved it. I mean, Antoine Griezmann finished third that year because he won. Um, he won the uh, the World Cup, obviously, um, with France, and he was a cog in that side. He was a very important part of that side. But at the same time, you you know, it's pretty easy to see that he he was a little unlucky that year. He was. I mean, he won the Europa League also that year and the UEFA Super Cup with uh, with Atletico Madrid in 2018. But still, I mean. You have him there. Ronaldo doesn't even make the top three. Ronaldo won a Champions League, and he scored all those goals. To me, it just feels like 
all all those numbers meant nothing because in the end it was like really the World Cup that that won it for Modric. So I think that's a pretty easy way to compare, or that's a pretty easy scenario to compare with this year. I, I agree. I agree with that. This year you got Erling Holland, who obviously had an insane year. He broke the Premier League goals record. Um, and look, he was a machine. He was a machine. He pretty won sure the treble. He led the, pretty sure he led the league, uh, the Champions League in goals as well. Um, there you go. But it still wasn't good enough, no matter what domestic trophies he won or continental, and he won almost all of them. He still could not win. He still could not win the Ballon d'Or. It was given to Lionel Messi. And what was Lionel Messi's most impressive thing in 2023? 22. 22, yeah. Carrying that Argentina team to a World Cup. But the difference between him and Modric, the comparisons of the, uh, those years, Messi also won the French League, for what it's worth. He won like the French version of the Super Cup in the beginning of the year, which I guess is not that great, but it's, you know, it's a third trophy for the year. And he had one of the greatest World Cups. And once you win the World Cup, you're up there like with an echelon of like great players, the Pele's, the Maradona's, you know, Cruyff didn't even win a World Cup. Eusebio didn't even win a World Cup. So now he's up there with the greatest of the greats. Also, during the World Cup, he had a goal contribution in every game, aside from the polling game in the group stage, but he scored he scored or assisted in every knockout game. I'm pretty sure he scored in every knockout game. He scored twice in the final and converted the penalty in the shootout. Um, and he was just so, so influential to that team. I feel like the team just wanted to play with him and used his energy to, to perform. Di Maria was obviously crucial. Julian Alvarez had a great World Cup, so did McAllister, Enzo. And that team that team really came through during crucial, crucial times. They had a they had a long unbeaten streak heading into the World Cup. And the first game they get what was it? The first game they got upset by Saudi Arabia. And then they needed two results to get out of the, the group. And I think they had to finish first. Or uh they would have had a very tough opponent in the first round of the uh, knockout stages. So they end up finishing first. They get the two W's that they need. And um, yeah, Messi did his thing. And of course, you know, the, the rest is history with it. So, I mean, look, if, if I'm looking at it, if I'm looking at it that way, I can see why Messi was given it. I know everyone's memeing out, oh, Inter Miami. Oh, also? Oh, he didn't have a good season with PSG. He he did win the player of the tournament for the World Cup, and he did come runner-up by, I think, one goal. And if Mbappe didn't score the the third goal, I think Messi would have won because he had more assists. He that's, That was the tiebreaker. Yeah, and people were complaining about Messi's penalties, and Mbappe was scoring all penalties in that game. <laughs> He's he scored a hat trick with two penalties. So I mean, look, I that that's why I'm I'm neither here nor there when it comes to who necessarily deserved it. It doesn't upset me that Messi won it, but I also see why people are upset that Holland won it. But I just I think that that bringing up some some past examples is a really good way of putting everything into perspective as to why Messi did win it this year. And I also think it's a nice way. Although again, maybe this doesn't sound right from a 
a competitive sporting merit standpoint. But this is the last time that Messi will have a chance to win the Ballon d'Or. This was his last chance, right? So I think it's only right, you know, give it to him. Holland's going to have plenty of time to win this award. I mean, just like Mbappe is. So I think just like, you know, other players before him, Messi pulled out all the stops. He gave it one last go, every last bit of energy he had left into winning this World Cup for Argentina. Um, and I think I think that deserves to be rewarded. So that's why you convinced me. You convinced me that's that's why Messi should have uh, should have won this Ballon d'Or. Erling Holland, obviously, you had an insane year. I don't know if you could top that year this season, but who knows? Maybe he will. He's doing well so far, but I mean, last se- last season he was he was insane. There's still plenty of time left, though. Um, but yeah, I mean. You have me sold. I would say you've been a good salesman for this one. What can I say? I just I just spit out the facts. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I think what we can take from here is one, okay. Messi didn't necessarily have his most his most insane year, but you can argue that he's been robbed of chances like that in the past when he's had insane years. And now, you know, he's he's finally done it on the world stage. He carried his nation to a championship. I think he deserves it. I think he, he deserves the Ballon d'Or. So that's why I feel sold. But what, what I want to do right now, Dimitri, just because, you know, why not? We, we got a little bit of time, right? Who do you think is going to win the Ballon d'Or for next season? Or I guess for this season, right? Hmm. Ballon d'Or this season. Mind you, we're only we're only about like ten, eleven games in each league in um in the the top five leagues at least. Uh, this season, I I think since there's you know no real international football off the top of my head that I can think of, the Euros in twenty twenty four. Okay, the Euros will be crucial, but I think this person will have a great Euro run. That's obviously going to contribute, but I think he's going to have a great club. Uh, club record in terms of goals and assists this person recently got knocked out of the german cup the dk uh df pokal the the df dkb dkb no i feel like it's dfb the dfb pokal yeah yeah i think the um i could see the winner being harry kane really yep i i like we both said we both see Bayern winning the champions league they're going to walk the Bundesliga. You know, it's just unfortunate that they can't win the the German Cup. I know where you're going with this. And I think uh, I think he's going to have a stellar, stellar Euro. I'm not saying he's going to win the Euros. I'm oh, not, okay, okay. I'm okay. not that sold yet. You know, it's still very early. Um, but I think he's going to obviously have a great Euros. He's, he's led England in goals in how many of the major tournaments. Uh, but yeah, I think... Uh, I think with those two trophies and a ton of goals and assists to rack up, I think he's going to be unbeatable for this season. You know, that's so interesting because I wasn't even thinking Harry Kane. In my head, right, I was like, okay, it's clipped for Ronaldo. It's clipped for Messi. Who's next in line? I mean, we, we, were, talking about, um, we were talking about players before who probably deserve to, to have a higher, a higher standing 
you know, like players who maybe deserved a little bit more. Guy like KDB, you could say he was super crucial to Manchester City winning the Champions League last year. Um, he's, in my eyes, I think all around, he is the best midfielder in the world. That That's my opinion. I love KDB. Um, I think he's phenomenal. Um, and, I mean, you could argue, like, uh, speaking about a guy who makes a difference, maybe if he doesn't get injured in that 2021 Champions League final against uh, against Chelsea, maybe Man City wins that game. I mean, he got he got injured in the first half, I want to say, right? Well, yeah, when Rudiger mugged him, but yeah. All right, well, how it happened doesn't really matter. But what happened, <laughs> well, well, it does matter. <laughs> what does matter is that he was injured for it. And, and, you know, ultimately, Manchester City didn't win it that year. He was healthy for this one, and then he had, you know, Sir Erling Holland with him. So he, he, he won it. He got hurt this year as well, early in the final. He might have. In the first half. I think he had like a ham, uh, hamstring injury. Oh, yeah, he did. Oh, yes, he says that was a meme. But still, you cannot argue that he's not important to this team. Um, so maybe he's unlucky. Same thing with maybe a guy like Rodri, who seems like indispensable to this Manchester United team. City. Uh, Manchester City team. Definitely not United. Woo! Um, yeah, so, you know, Rodri, I mean, he makes his team tick. Best defensive midfielder in the world. It's not even close. It's like it's him, and then there's like a million miles of garbage, and then and then there's the next guy. Um, and and yeah, so th- there's other guys who who could be deserving, but of course, you know, the people who pop into my head are Kylian Mbappe and Erling Holland. But Mbappe is not winning anything as long as he's at PSG. We can agree with that, right? Yeah, I feel like the his league title doesn't hold as much weight as you know the other. I would say three major leagues being La Liga, the Premier League, and the Bundesliga. I, th- I think Copa del Rey holds a higher standing than League Un. So let's let's be real now. Um. So yeah, uh, Mbappe in my eyes, no shot. Even if he wins the Euros, no shot. He won the World Cup. I mean, in 2018, but he won the World Cup, and he wasn't even anywhere close to those standings. Um, and I'm pretty sure he had like a killer year with PSG that year too. Yeah, he was on PSG, right? He def- definitely was on PSG yeah. that year. Yeah, 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 he was, he was. So, next guy in line is Erling Holland, right? Erling Holland. I think they could make the Euros, right? Norway? Norway could make the Euros still? I believe I think so. they could. I'm going to buy some time while Dimitri looks that up right now. I'm pretty sure that they can win the Euros, but even then, do we expect them? It's just him and Odegaard. Do we expect them to carry and to bring them late and have a fairy tale run i don't really think that the um well currently i don't think the quality is there currently they're sitting in third in their group five points and a game more played than spain and scotland do, but do they have a nation's league path probably right Um not quite sure on that um i think they have a nation's league path i'm pretty sure but either way like even even if they do make it to the euros right you can't really see them making a big run i mean look as much as Croatia was a fairy tale run, Croatia has a very, very good or had a very good team in that 2018 year. They had a very good team, so I would say that that Croatia team is miles better than whatever this Norway team is, even with the couple of standout players. So, so yeah, so there's that. So it you're kind of right. It kind of does leave you with Harry Kane, doesn't it? I mean, it's it's basically Harry Kane, unless oh Jude Bellingham. Jude Bellingham. I forgot about him. Yeah, Jude Bellingham. That's another good one. 
Oh, I, I, I don't even know how I forgot. We're, we're going full English today, huh? He's in a, he's in a ride on the coattails of Harry Kane uh, in the Euros. He could, no, he could very well win La Liga with Real Madrid and then naturally win Copa del Rey, naturally um, win the, uh, the Champions League as well. He could, Madrid could win. You know, they're always favorites, right? It's Madrid. He could win the Champions League with Madrid. And I mean, look, I'm, I'm going into Euro 2024 thinking that football is finally going to somewhat bring itself home. So I'm kind of, you know, I'm always riding the England bandwagon. You know how it is. Um, but yeah, even with Gareth Southgate as his manager, I think, you know, he could still, he could still do it. So are we, could we, could we think of anybody else who could possibly win? I mean, those are like the two like standout superstars, right? I feel like I'm forgetting someone. There's got to be someone I'm forgetting. Um, who do you mean by two, Holland and Mbappe? No, not Mbappe. I'm I'm thinking Bellingham. Uh, oh. oh no 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 no! By oh no, I mean like Kane and Bellingham. I mean that that's got to be it. Uh, um, there there's gonna be people right now like going crazy in the comments or whatever, saying like, "Oh, what are you talking about? It's this person, that person, that person." But like, there's only so many players left that we can choose. Jamal Musiala, if. He wins the Champions League with with Bayern Munich, and then he wins the Euros. Maybe, maybe you could say him. That that's a decent shout. I'll give myself that. Jamal Musiala, Chelsea youth product. Jamal Musiala. Um, that's a good one. That's a good one. Okay, so we, I got like three names there. I can't think of anybody on Spain. I, I can't think of anyone on Spain. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't see it. Uh, besides Rodri, if City wins it again. Um, but even then, like. Midfielders typically don't win the prize. Very rarely do they. Sometimes they do. Sometimes even defenders do. And I believe a goalkeeper has won it once as well. But not a, not not very often um, do players, you know, l- less goal-scoring players uh, win it. So I can't really think of any. You got nothing, right? No, I'm just going to stick with my gun, Harry Kane. You got nothing? Yeah, Julian Alvarez. Definitely not Julian Alvarez. Uh, Harry, Harry Kane is a good shot. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go Harry Kane. It'd be amazing if he, you know, if he did win it. That'd be cool. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what we want to know is, for one, and I, I want you to let us know in the comments, on socials, whatever it is, I want you to let us know, do you think that Messi deserved the Ballon d'Or? If not, who did? If you think it's Erling Holland, did he deserve Ballon d'Or? Um, or why did he deserve the Ballon d'Or if you think that it was Erling Haaland who deserved it? Tell us why. Um, and also, who do you think is going to win the Ballon d'Or for uh, for this year? We want to know. Obviously, Dimitri and I have thrown out a couple names. We said Bellingham, Kane. Uh, I mentioned Musiala. Hey, maybe even Haaland if somehow Norway makes a crazy run in the Euros um, and then City continues to perform. So you got some options there, but... If you have an obvious one off the top of your head, you let us know. You let us know in the comments, on socials. And what I want, we haven't really asked at all since we've been recording episodes and uploading them. What we want from you guys, okay, we want to ask you guys a favor is please do not forget to subscribe, whether it's on your podcast app or follow slash subscribe on podcast providers. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on the socials, on Instagram, on Twitter. We're on threads, even though nobody even uses that. And also, 
um, please leave us a five-star review on your podcast app. It goes a long way into helping us and even downloading our podcast, even if that means that it eventually gets, you know, it, it eventually gets undownloaded just because, you know, there's there's more podcasts. Obviously, we don't want you guys to fill up uh, fill up the space with just our podcast, fill up the space on your device. But downloads really help us. So please, please, please give us a five-star review and download the podcast, follow us, everything. It's a huge help to us. It's going to be a huge help in helping us grow and making us grow. And you know, like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. So thank you so much. Um, we really appreciate you guys. We're seeing a huge uptick in views and all that um, and engagement overall. So just keep it up. We really appreciate you guys. That concludes this episode. A little casual footy talk that wound up being a whole debate and uh, a whole chat on the Ballon d'Or. My name is Pana. I'm Dimitri, a.k.a. Juicy. And we're out of here. <laughs>